Stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. That's what Robin Hood was known for. Today, it's what the governments of the world are known for. And Robin Hood is an app that allows regular people to buy, sell, and trade stocks and cryptocurrencies. The app came upon controversy during the GameStop debacle, and we're fortunate enough to have the general manager of crypto at Robinhood with us today to answer the tough questions and the not-so-tough questions. There's a slight chance for a Sherwood Forest-style serenade as well, but only slight, because as it turns out, assuming that Robinhood employees can actually play a guitar that's sitting in their living room may be a poor bet. So let's get down to business as we steal your attention from the rich so we can give it to the poor who don't have podcast access on our episode number 715 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. Who's bad? What do you know? We're here once again in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, Sir Lord Joel Common, Sir Lord Travis Wright, your humble servants and benevolent dictators. How are you doing? Man, we ain't so we ain't that humble. Not that benevolent either. Neither one of them. <laughs> but in this show is it's bad. So I don't even know why you're tuning in. Dick dictator. It's be a little entertaining. <laughs> Uh, this is good. I'm really glad uh, the people from Robin Hood, their publicity team reached out to say, hey, can we come on and talk about some of the uh, new crypto initiatives? And we're like, yes, but we got some uh, cleanup to do on aisle three. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that we can ask the tough questions as well. And and so I think we think you'll be proud of us. I think we did OK. I mean, we didn't like, you know, take out the, the rail gun and go after the guy. But uh, we asked the questions. He gave the answers, and I was I was impressed, and I think that you will also be impressed at how well they're thinking about crypto moving forward. Obviously, they had that GameStop, a little bit of egg in the face from that whole scenario. Hopefully, they have turned the ship around and have fixed those things. This dude wasn't there whenever that was going down. But uh, very sharp guy, and uh, I think you're going to like this. What do you think, you, Joel? You know, I like egg in the face as long as you aim for my mouth. Right. I'm totally because I'm t- my mouth is part of my face. So like if you yeah. just aim good and get it in the hole here, you know, right. <laughs> aim for Joel's face and put it in the hole. you guys. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the interview. <laughs> there are so many ways that you can buy crypto. And one of the biggest names that has been out there for the past few years that we discovered really early on in the process that allowed people to add crypto to the roster of stocks that they could purchase was the app Robinhood. There's been a lot of ups and downs for Robinhood, but the app has grown and we have a lot of questions for the GM of crypto at Robinhood. His name is Johan Kerbrat, and he's here with us right now to discuss all the things. Johan, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you, how are you guys doing? We are doing well. And uh, it's full disclosure, I have been and I am a, uh, a Robinhood customer. And I really like uh, today, you know, I'm just going to timestamp this for uh, people listening to the interview later. It is the uh, 26th of February. And I noticed today that you made my, my line go up. It's green. So um, 
thanks for that. I'm really happy about that. That was really good. That was just for you too, Joel. It was very friendly of them to do. They knew we were going to interview them, so they made the crypto market go up. That was so awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's something that is pretty interesting. Uh, before a podcast, I'm always wondering what uh, what the question is going to be around the market. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, just to give people an overview, you oversee and lead strategy for the crypto business at Robinhood. You've been there to support their mission to democratize finance for all and open up access to crypto for everyday investors. You have had engineering roles at Airbnb, at a crypto startup, Ironfish, and you founded an e-commerce and payments platform yourself. And you are from France. You're Frenchy French. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, apologies in advance for the accent. Je t'aime la France. Parlez-vous un petit peu de français. Maintenant, we discuss Robin Hood. So uh, how long have you been with the company now? Yeah, I joined uh, about three years ago. So initially joined as uh, the CTO for Robin Crypto and moved to the general management position uh, two years ago. Okay, let's just deal with the elephant in the living room first, then. Now let's be from France. We need to be frank. We, yeah. <laughs> yes, we will be frank with you, and sometimes we will have the French accents. Don't you know? Because we enjoy. Well, you know, for me, it's natural to have it. So you just have to uh, to align with my accent. <laughs> per perfectly good. We like the croissant. Um, so actually, big fan of France. Been many times, and uh, it, when people ask me which country in Europe is my favorite, it's right there followed this close by Italy, although Spain is moving up in the, the charts too. Let's deal with the uh, the elephant in the living room because uh, our listeners trust us to ask the tough questions. And I'm sure this is not the first time you've dealt with this. Robin Hood came under quite a bit of controversy a few years ago during the whole GameStop thing where all of a sudden people couldn't trade stocks at Robinhood said, oh, no, 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 we have to slow our roll on that. Uh, it appears that, you know, I, I'm not going to say what the reasons were, but from a user point of view, it's like, hey, you guys are making too much money here. Slow down with that. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about what happened there and um, what Robinhood is doing to build user trust once again. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, I'm probably not the best person for that to be honest like i wasn't there during the the time and also it was on the brokerage side and you know i'm on the crypto side wasn't but, your fault you know, just, we get it you did you know it wasn't your decision you didn't have no no I'm, I'm just saying like i'm not the, the most uh context uh person but um you know i think what we have to realize at the time it wasn't just robin hood where you know that was like uh this this change and it was on multiple brokerage and on our side, on the crypto side, we actually um, never had this kind of, of situation. So that's something, you know, where I spend a lot of time of my days and, and my team as well to make sure that we build the most uh, trusted platform out there for, for crypto. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of uh, that so far we haven't had any like major recap like this. Mm. So then I guess the next question would be, you know, you guys had that partnership and I don't know if you still do or not with Citadel. And, you know, so you, back in the day, at least, you know, Robinhood was routing more than half of its customer orders over to Citadel. Is that still how it works? Because I know that that was something that turned a lot of people off. I could actually not really answer any of that. Like, I, I, I have no idea. Like, like I said, I'm on the crypto oh. side and, and all of these things. Like on crypto side, we, we don't really partner with, uh, with Citadel as a, as a liquidity provider. So I could not tell you that at all. Gotcha. Yeah. You haven't had to deal with the elephants in the living room. You're, in fact, you're going, I haven't even been in the living room 
I didn't even I'm over here in the side room. Yeah. I'm in the yeah, den. You know, like, there's a lot of elephants on the crypto side that I'm dealing with, and I don't need more elephants. <laughs> he, he's going to go back to the office and go, hey, it's guys, show me, the, show me the living room. What? Suck my blood. So let's uh, let's talk about some of the, uh, the the things that you guys have done recently. And one of them I discovered while looking because I've had crypto on Robinhood. I have crypto on Robinhood right now. And I'm like, man, I've got my USDC over here and I really just want to, you know, I don't want to just keep it here. I want to move it so that I can uh, use it. And I'm like, oh, there's send on here. I can I can send my crypto now. So when did the. Uh, that launch of uh, of custody and send and receive begin. Oh, that, that, that's been uh, that's been there for a while. So I, I think the issue is you haven't used uh, your Robinhood app often enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we actually added it a couple of years ago. So that was one of the the most requested uh, feature for for Robinhood crypto customers. And you know any eligible customers can actually now deposit and transfer crypto out. Yeah, that's huge. That was one of the main things because it's cool. Cool, you could buy it, but then you couldn't. You, you had to sell it before you could do anything with it. So that that's a really huge thing. So let me ask this then. You know what all cryptos are. You know, so people who are listening, what cryptos are currently available, or maybe just how many are available for people to buy and trade? I know before, like what Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, um, and I know with some of the the things you guys are doing with Ethereum, maybe some of those other ERC twenty tokens are popping up. How many tokens are available now when people are utilizing the Robinhood crypto uh, app? Yeah, we, we we have about 50 cryptocurrencies on the platform, including one stablecoin like uh, you, you just mentioned, Joel. And, uh, you know, we're always looking to do more things. But in the U.S., that's the 15 coin that we have. How does a uh, currency get listed? What's the process that you guys go through? I know with a lot of exchanges, there's definitely a, a pay-per-play aspect to it. So how do you guys vet who's going to show up on your platform? Um, we, we have like a pretty robust process. Um, it's something that we, we put in place before listing any assets. Uh, we go through like a pretty long due diligence. We also receive listing guidance from... Uh, uh, different stakeholder within Robinhood, and so we will vet, you know, multiple aspects of that. Um, and you know, I, in general, we don't engage with the asset listing um, of the asset that we we are looking to list. Uh, we just want to, you know, really understand what it would mean for our customers, what it would mean internally to list it. Can we support it on the technical side of view, security side of view, operation? And and based on that, we we make this decision. And then you know every quarter also we review the list and we make sure that you know everything still makes sense according to our principles. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and lobby right now for wax. Um, it's you know this is a currency that I people ask me all the time because we've actually we've minted way over well over a million NFTs on wax, and uh, it's a token that's hard to get in the u.s and so a lot of u.s citizens that are looking for it i think crypto.com has it now but uh no other exchanges have access to it and people are looking for a place so that's something that robin hood might want to uh to look at to offer a venue for people to buy a token that they're they're wanting to get yeah you know like i said we usually don't engage before and we never reveal anything like this if we are planning on on listing a token or not um but 
I definitely think that you know there are many tokens that right now have a lot of use cases that are not uh, available easily, and that's something that you know people can always struggle a bit at the beginning. Yeah. So I, I got to ask about this, you know, because the SEC they have their hands in everything, and so it might be a cha- it's got to be a challenge for you guys to be dealing with the regulatory issues with that. And you guys have had some scrutiny in the past over you know order flow and some other things. How are you? How is the crypto side of Robinhood navigating the regulatory landscape? Right, because like oh, this token might be a security. Oh, it's not a security. And so sometimes you guys, well, this is a good token. It's a top twenty token. It's in. We're doing it. Like. What's the process for maybe um, for for you guys to, to how you're looking at some of that stuff because it's got to be a challenge. Yeah, I mean, you know, anything related to securities uh, is is part also of our listing process. So we want to make sure that any asset that we release on the platform has not been um, alleged to be a security before or like these kind of things. Um, and you know, I think. For us, we I actually see it as a as an advantage. I think Robinhood as a whole is regulated by so many regulators like uh, Finra, the SEC. Um, on the crypto side, we have the New York DFS, and we have you know other other regulators. And so you know, I, I think it actually shows the power of Robinhood and the fact that we are one of the only uh, company in the world dealing with that many regulators and able to actually build a great product. So. You know, overall, I think it's uh, for me, it's an advantage. I think you, we are able to launch products that not everybody is able to, um, thanks to to this experience that we have with regulators. Well, and uh, you know, of course, one of the core tenets of cryptocurrency has always been privacy and anonymity. And and uh, at the same time, we understand that in order to be adopted by financial institutions and the powers that be, that we have to have regulation. So, how do you guys? balance this, you know, where people have to have uh, ID verification, um, but they still want to maintain privacy. How do you guys look at it? Yeah, you know, that's a very complicated topic. Um, Like you said, for anything related to uh, crypto on on Robinhood and the fact that we are regulated, we do need to uh, know our customers. So that's the KYC process you're, you're mentioning. Uh, transfer also go through, um, you know, AML verification. We are uh, checking where the wallets that you're sending to um, are uh, affiliated to and if they are, you know, um, uh, linked to, to any bad actor, this kind of thing. So, you know, these are important things that we actually need to do to actually exist in the U.S. and be able to keep uh, the licenses that we have. Um, but it's also, I think, you know, in a, in a way, something that I, I see also as a benefit. You know, a lot of people want to get into crypto, but crypto has always been affiliated to bad rumors, right? Like even recently, there was this rumor about how much, um, you know, some terrorist organization were funded by crypto. And then when you look behind the scene, you realize that it's 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 not really true and it's not really like what actually happened. And so I think for people to be able to engage with it, they also need to think that, um, the places that they are using are actually, uh, you know, respecting the, the rules in place and, and the regulation in place. Isn't I it true? Isn't it true, Johan, that a terrorist organization is far more likely to be funded by cash, by fiat money than by crypto? I think that's what happened at the end of that controversy in the past six months is that the conclusion was that crypto was actually just a, a small portion of all the funding compared to, to the rest. But pallets of saying, cash, you know, pallets, right? Just pallets of cash. 
and, and that's where I'm saying it's like for some reason crypto was again in the bad rap uh, situation and you know people were saying that it was thanks to crypto that uh, this organization were founded and you know we need to move away from that we need to move away from the idea that crypto is only used for the Silk Road or for this kind of things um, there's but you, you know case. you know exactly why they're saying this right and we don't really have to speculate i think we kind of understand that crypto is something that the uh the traditional world um power brokers have been afraid of and so what do you do you you cause fear around it fear porn that's the way (laughs) yeah maybe you know but i i think there are still a lot of customers that you know they're not the the diet crypto right and i think that was one of the main reasons i i joined robin initially is like I wanted to make crypto more accessible. And for a lot of people, it's this scary thing, right? Because the only thing that they hear in the news is what we just mentioned. And then they want to try to start using it. And it's all in very technical jargon. They have to use wallet that they have to hide in, in a safe and all these things. You know, we, we made crypto very complicated for the, the, the general masses of, of the population that don't necessarily want to be technical. They just want to use like a better version of, of currency. And, you know, I think until we make crypto accessible, we will have these kind of issues. I agree. I think that, you know, when it started out, I mean, I got into crypto in 2011 and I mined some Bitcoin and, you know, I lost that Bitcoin. I'm, I don't want to go into that, but it was such a, it was such a tedious process. Like the yeah. user interface was so bad and like, you know, it was really hard to kind of control your own wallets and, and, you know, and people were scared about getting hacked and still are. And I think that that's probably one of the, the biggest concerns for maybe some of the older generation is there's so many inherent risks associated with online wallets and exchanges. And, and we always are telling people, if you don't own your own keys, you don't own your crypto, right? We're telling people that all the time, like make sure you get your crypto off of the exchanges because a lot of times those aren't safe. And so, Maybe this might be a good time to ask a question about security measures for the crypto holdings that are on Robinhood. What are some of the, maybe the advanced security measures you guys are doing to ensure the safety of your users' digital assets? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I think for, for Robin Crypto, we, we've been here for a long time now. So we built our cryptocurrency business in a very different way from, from the competition. And, you know, I think it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning. Like, we didn't have a lot of crypto we didn't have all the features. We didn't have transfer at first. But th- the main reason we did that was because we wanted to build a, a safety first platform, right? And so um, in, in contrast to, you know, many competitors, we didn't start listing of assets on the platform. We didn't do a lot of things because we wanted to really focus on building small amount of features, but in, in a very safe way. And, you know, for, for Robert and Crypto, we actually built our business in a way that was you know, what I thought was how anyone would build a cryptocurrency business. And, you know, obviously when, when we read what happened with FTX or when we read what happened with uh, Binance US, we, we, our mind were, were kind of blown, right? So, you know, just to think about it, like funds were commingled between the firm fund and the customer funds, like every, everyone can, was kind of moving assets everywhere. Um, and that to me was just like, you know, really mind blowing. So, you know, at Robinhood Crypto, all the, the settled cryptocurrency in custody on, is, is custodied on behalf of our customer. 
everything is separate from um, any kind of firm fund that that we may have, except for you know operation purposes like moving funds between wallets. Um, but and and everything is almost uh, in cold storage. So you know all of this makes we make sure that we have strict controls around the wallets. So you know you need multiple people from leadership to whitelist a new address. You need multiple people to move any fund. So all the stories that we heard from from the FTX days, for example, could could not happen. But you know, for for me as the lead of this organization, it's really important that we keep this mindset. Um, and you know, when everyone was going crazy about FTX and Binance uh, taking a ton of market share, uh, you know, for us it was really important at the time to stay cool and stay focused on building for the long term. And we see now that you know this was a probably the right uh, principle to use. But um, you know, it's it's always a bit. Uh, Sad for me as a as a crypto enthusiast because a lot of customers got hired uh, during the the FTX days and that took again crypto kind of two step backwards that we had to work for like about six months a year before people started to trust the process again and and, and start uh, using crypto again like they were using before that. So uh, as I say, I am a customer. Um, however, can I gripe about one of the things I I don't like and perhaps you can. Please take take the feedback. Um, I can put in as much money as I want, but I can only send out five thousand dollars worth of my crypto a day. Why why am I being throttled to do that when I'm responsible enough to put in my money? Why can't I withdraw it? Yeah, that's something that we are actively working on, and and I think we'll have a lot of uh, changes happening on that very soon. But. The, the main goal was mostly production um, of, of some of our customers. You might be feeling like you're capable of doing everything that you, you mentioned, but, um, you know, there's still a lot of people being taken advantage by phishing attacks. And um, unfortunately, it happens a bit too often. And so we wanted to build in place like the, the right control and limitation before we can um, expand our limits. But like I said, a, a lot of new things will, will change on this side of things. Travis, quit fishing me. Leave my crypto uh, alone. Well, let me ask this then, because it kind of ties right into that. So you mentioned uh, some users maybe aren't sophisticated enough to handle more. And then you also mentioned your cryptos behind the walls, really in cold storage. So let's say you're on. I've not used the app in, uh, or signed up on the app since we got it in 2017, 18. I have the app. I've been using it. I'm a customer, but I've not gone through the sign up process, right? Because mm-hmm. that was years ago. So how is Robinhood, you know, crypto division, how are you educating and maybe protecting the new users from all the high risk associated with crypto trading? Yeah, we we have a bunch of process now. Yeah, both part on the onboarding flow. We also uh, we also offer like education module where you can learn a bit about crypto. Also, when you transfer for the first time, we'll tell you, you know, uh, to not transfer anywhere. We'll also tell you that. Um, no rabbit employee will ever call you to to create a transfer. We'll also make sure that you read the message. You know, we we built a lot of this safety mechanism, but the, the reality is that you know people and bad actor get more and more sophisticated. And so you know, every day when we implement new uh, controls in place, um, you know, bad actors learn about it and and try to to uh, bypass them. So. It took us a bit of time, um, and that's why for for like a long period of time you had this 5K limit. But um, 
fortunately soon we'll we'll be able to increase that. What are maybe some new features that you're excited about that uh, I might not have yet seen in the app for the crypto product, or maybe give us a tease for some things that are coming that would uh, entice people to take another look at the app? Yeah, we, we build a lot of new things on the app. So, for example, you may have seen that now we have a crypto tab where we show you, um, you know, everything crypto related. We show you also uh, the top movers, like the so, some information about uh, the crypto um we also added advanced charts so you know if you want to do technical analysis you're able to do it uh directly from the app uh you have new order type as well so if you want to use a stop loss um all these kind of things you know i've been like features that people were requested i I think the most important point that uh, you know we've been doing a lot of work was around uh, our pricing structure um, and so we, we took a very uh, different eye on what was happening on pricing. We we saw that, you know, after FTX, after Binance, a lot of our competitors actually increased uh, the, the price for the customer. And we realized by talking to our, our customer that it was very difficult to compare prices between platform uh, because some people are charging a fee, some people are not charging a fee, but they are charging a, a markup on the spread. Some people are doing both at the same time. Mm. Um, and so we took a very different approach where, you know, now if you're using the, the, the trading flow to buy crypto on Robinhood, we show you the actual entire spread and we show you how much Robinhood is, is making, um, on the order. And, um, the, the conclusion is that, uh, Robinhood offers the most crypto, uh, for, for your bug. Um, and, you know, you will get more crypto, uh, at the end of the, the transaction. And what I recommend customers that are listening is, you know, when you're about to place an order, just compare the quantity of crypto, not necessarily looking at the price because things are, are sometimes confusing, but you will see that most of the time you will get more uh, crypto on, on Robinhood average. Mm, that's interesting. Travis, something I just learned from the, uh, they, there's a news tab now in crypto and MicroStrategy has bought 3,000 more Bitcoin. Now they've got 193,000. He's getting close to having 1% of the Bitcoin. So right. That's pretty insane when you think about it. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to ask this about, so we've, I've, you know, we worked with crypto.com early on. We, you know, we both had, Joel and I both have the crypto debit cards and it has been pretty handy. I know Coinbase has debit cards now available with that. Now, is, is that something that maybe Robinhood is looking into is to integrating crypto functionalities with, with debit cards and allow people to directly spend? Is that something that maybe you guys are looking forward to in the future? Um, it, it's not uh, something that we have directly in the future. I think uh, for me, I, I really want to focus on making crypto useful. So we we launch our self-custody wallet called Robin Wallet that people can transfer from Robinhood to, to that wallet. They can access dApps. They can do all these kind of things that, mm-hmm. you know, they were not necessarily able to, to get exposure to before. Um, and that's been like a, one of our main focus points. But um Debit card can, can definitely be an interesting idea. But you do have, I mean, I'm in the app. There is a debit card. It's just not a debit card that's connected to crypto portion, right? Yeah, we, we haven't enabled like that, that functionality that you could spend directly from uh, the debit card for sure. There's a, if you, you just look at then, your computer. Joe, my, my, oh, okay. My question would be that you just need to sell your crypto to turn it into cash, then to use it on the debit card? Is that Yeah, you, you, could, you could do something like that. Absolutely. Okay. 
But there, isn't there like it's your monitor right now? You have control. Just push the button that says you can spend your Bitcoin. Just push the Bitcoin button. Yeah, it, it's definitely you know something that we we can look into. Like like I said before, we love talking to customers. Uh, we love to get feedback, and usually when a feature request happens often enough, that's something that we start looking into. Um, at this point, like that, that wasn't one of the top requested features. How about when are you guys going to have your own tokens? So, you know, I'm a customer, I'm expecting airdrops. Are you guys going to do any DeFi play of your own? Um, not something in the plan as well right now. Um, I think, you know, for me, there is a ton of tokens available already. There's a ton of assets. Um, yeah, but I want my that... hood token. I want, I want some hood. hood stock, bro. You I want get some hood. hood. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, at some point, if we see value, if we think that we can do something that is differentiated enough, I uh, see value in a in a hood airdrop. Just I'm raising my hand right here. You're from the hood. I'm from That's the hood. True. <laughs> you know, I, I'm cool. curious about this. Then maybe about security tokens, right? Since you guys are working so close with regulations, you guys are staying within the frameworks of it. It seems to us that the natural sort of integration is going to be moving towards security tokens, and so you have the hood shares. You know, maybe down the road that converts into a uh, some sort of security token of some sort. Yeah, I think tokenized uh, stocks, tokenized offshore world assets is definitely interesting. I think you know we we tend to not talk enough about it. So I think this year, like you know, there's a lot more discussion about it. But um, I definitely think that you know one of the use case of blockchain um, is going to be around tokenization of offshore world assets slash stocks. Uh, you know, something that I, I love about crypto is not just um, the, the the actual technology, but it's seeing how it's been useful to replace some of the old traditional finance system. Um, you know, stablecoin, for example, is is super simple to see. Like you can use a Fed wire and it's not open on the weekend. It's only like uh, right. certain hour, hour of the day. Oh, you can use stablecoin and, and all of this goes away. So, you know, I think... Uh, we'll see a lot more of the use case of blockchain that are going to replace like some of this traditional finance system. Yeah, I think this too, Joel. I mean, what about um, uh, NFTs, right? It's almost like you could take a stock, put it in a, wrap it in a container into an NFT, and then those shares could almost be traded after hours potentially. So it seems like, uh, Johan, that probably something along those lines is going to evolve as the space keeps innovating. And I would assume that your role as the GM of crypto there at Robinhood would probably take on an expanded role as they start looking at sort of tokenizing and putting those those uh, different shares in di various different containers. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think, you know, so uh, on the 24-5 points, like we, Robinhood actually does a little trading of some stocks on, on uh, 24 hours, five days a week uh, system. And it's something that we've been seeing a lot more adoption in the past. Uh, but I, I think, you know, for, for me, the goal of uh, the being on, at this role on, on at Robinhood is to also find new use case. And that's definitely something that we're going to look into. Um, we also recently launched in Europe um, our platform in the in the EU, and um, you know I think it's something where we see a lot of different use cases from the US, and so it's really interesting to see how we can bridge the gap between TradFi and, and DeFi and CFI. <laughs>
Awesome. Well, that's a lot of info right there. We appreciate it. It looks like Robinhood still has the uh, referral program where uh, if somebody uses the link that we're going to provide and they sign up for the first time, they get a random free stock uh, or fractional share that's worth between $500 and $200. And if you go to badco.in forward slash Robinhood, you can go ahead and sign up. Do do, Do we still get a free stock if they get a free stock? Um, I actually don't know how it works for institution referring customers, but I'm sure there are ways to uh, get the referral program uh, working for you guys. All right. Well, badco.in forward slash Robinhood. And I see that uh, based on my uh, visuals of your apartment, you play guitar. So in Robinhood, there was a bard, right? There was a bard that would play in the, the Sherwood Forest. Can you play us a song? I actually do not play guitar, but um, I got it uh, at a random uh, estate sale in front of my street, and I kept it here because it's a it's a great icebreaker, you know. So, see now, if you could have like serenaded us with a, a you know a medieval fast. type of song as the bard, oh, that yeah. could have really gone along. Like sort of like Little John level. Any further questions, Sir Lord Travis? You know what? I don't. I I would say that, uh, Johan, I think you answered a lot of the questions that a lot of people have been having. I mean, we we didn't want to make this sort of softball questions. We wanted to ask things that we know people are curious about because we know so because they've told us about it. And so um, I want to to thank you for your being so frank, Mr. Johan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. It was a fun uh, discussion. So, bien. To, uh... Merci, Monsieur. Uh, Robin Hood, once again, go to badco.in forward slash Robin Hood and get a free share of stock. And uh, this is not a paid interview, gang. I am a customer. I use the service. You go check for yourself if it's something that you want to yeah. do. Johan, thanks again, sir. Thank you. Great interview, but disappointed that he can't play the guitar. So, Trav, I think, uh, you know, maybe you'll serenade us instead. I don't have my guitar. That's okay. Just pretend that you're holding a lute. (laughs) Are you going to sing for me? I'll play the imaginary lute. (laughs) You'll you'll air lute. Yeah, I'm going to air (laughs) lute. All right, maybe another time then. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, we are enjoying seeing the crypto markets recover right now. Timestamp once again as we're recording this, the 26th of February, almost one sixth of the way through the year already. (laughs) Are you still playing the loot over there? Yeah, I'm air looting it, brother. You know how I roll. And, um, Hopefully your loot is rising because you see those crypto markets going up. There goes your loot. Woo-hoo. Yeah, in fact, uh, looking at CoinGecko right now, crypto market cap two point one six trillion. Bitcoin mm. fifty three thousand five hundred eighty two. Ethereum three thousand one hundred forty five. BNB creeping really close to four hundred three ninety six and change. Solana a hundred and ten. XRP fifty four cents. Cardano sixty one. Avalanche. $39 Dogecoin almost nine cents. Stuff Dude, is happening. remember we we did a couple weeks ago? We did the or I guess it was maybe our last episode about the crypto roulette and some of the top cryptos in the top mm-hmm. 100 or whatever. Yeah, how they doing? Dude, stacks. Well, stacks is one that I, I invested in a little bit, and then it's nice to see that thing has gone up to almost three dollars a token. 
That oh. thing is that thing is going well. You think ah, oh, it's Bitcoin smart contracts for Bitcoin. It would seem to me that as Bitcoin goes, probably stacks will go. Not financial advice. I don't know. It tends to happen when we say, "Oh my God, this is a no brainer," and then it's a brainer. And then it goes. <laughs> you know, I'm looking through the top 100 to see if any of the other ones that we mentioned um, have have moved around any old way, and I'm having a hard time remembering. What Flair was one I saw us doing some things too. Rick Flair, yeah, the Rick Flair Woo! one. And then I was I was watching one. I saw this token, so I, I always go on Coin Gecko and I I look and see which ones are trending, and then I try to figure out why they're trending. And um, there was an AI an AI one recently, and I saw, and then you just popped Palm Palm AI. I was watching this thing, and it was just hovering around. Oh man, less than twenty cents, and then I didn't buy any. And then now it's almost 73 cents. Oh, I was like, man. oh man, it was one of the ones I was like, and my intuition was like, Travis, you should buy it. And I'm like, intuition, you always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny as I'm scrolling through the top 100, we just got done talking about Ric Flair. There's also a woo token, number nice. 96. It's a, nice. the woo network. Maybe they should merge. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like the episode that we did last week. I don't know if you guys do as well. Maybe leave us a review and send us an email back crypto podcast if you found that if, episode uh, valuable. Because if so, maybe we'll do one of those at least once a month. Because I think those are kind of fun to put those and talk about some of the different projects we've not heard. It's really good for even us for researching because like, oh, dude, I've never even heard of this. What does it do? So maybe we can expand it out to the top three hundred or the top two fifty or something to kind of see and. Uh, they're fun and for me this is it's got to be important that this stuff is fun and uh that was fun or maybe we won't maybe we want it depends so on what joel wants there's there's no promises i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow yeah anything can happen but okay. uh, hopefully what will happen is you guys will go through the back catalog and see if there's any episodes that you've missed great opportunity to go check out some previous shows and we would appreciate reviews whether uh sincere or sardonic on itunes or wherever else you review fine podcast five stars is always best the funnier you are the more likely your review will get read on this here very show using our own voices yeah i got a new shirt um, matter of fact, yesterday I picked it up at the airport. It says National Sarcasm Society. Like we need your help. I, I actually have that exact shirt. You have that? I it found was, it. Yes. I bought it too. I was like, I love that because I'm part of the National Society. I got another one that said Pink Freud. Dark side of your mom. <laughs> That's, <funny. laughs> That's a good one. All right, gang. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. And until then, please stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.
dark side of your mom. <laughs> I see you on the dark side of your mom. Of your mom. <laughs> That's funny. I, I had to. I had to get that one. <laughs>